0: You're listening to episode 154 of the FitzPro podcast. And today's podcast could go on for 14 million hours because I am giving you five lessons for all online entrepreneurs. A lot of these lessons are going to be for people earlier in business, but they definitely are I would call them cyclical they're things that you're going to have to refer to and refer back to over and over and over again throughout your entrepreneurial journey or I would think so I'm five to seven years in at this point and I would say that I still refer back to these myself so that is where I got that from if you are an online entrepreneur today's episode is definitely going to be for you so let's go ahead and dive in The Fitzpro Podcast is your no BS approach to seeking out truth in the world that is online health and fitness. You'll see through the lens of the trainer, the trainee, and the entrepreneur. I'm your host, Annie Miller, certified strength and conditioning specialist, entrepreneur, lover of sleep, lattes, and dinosaurs aka not your average fitspo and my aim is to help you grow your mind body and business through knowledge and authenticity so that you too can become a fitspro Alrighty, welcome back. Obviously, you are here for the business side of things if you are listening to this particular episode. So, if you have not yet joined my free on demand workshop, Your Biz Your Way Three Steps to Build a Profitable Online Health and Fitness Business, definitely check it out. If you are already in my Fitzpro Foundations course, then you do not need to do that. But if you are new to the podcast or new to my Instagram audience and you would like to learn more from me in the realm of business, go to anniemillerco backslash workshop-dash register. To learn more about the free workshop, you can take it absolutely any time. And while you are on the site, I also have some free resources. Just go to anniemiller.co slash resources. Those are goodies for trainers, trainees, and entrepreneurs. So check all of that out. Much love. I would also, of course, like to thank Legion Athletics. They are the number one brand of all natural sports supplements in the world. They are the only supplements that I use. I'm a pretty simple woman. I like creatine, protein. Uh, a multivitamin, fish oil, things of that sort pretty simple in the the world of supplements. So if you are in the market for supplements, you want to add something to your dietary intake, I highly recommend Legion, mostly because they have 100% formula transparency, meaning that underneath each product on the website, you can actually click and see all of the scientific literature, peer-reviewed literature that backs the ingredients and the dosages that Legion uses in all of their products. And if you are skeptical, which I 100% understand, they have 100% money back guarantee and free shipping, so pretty safe for you to try these products. If it is your first time purchasing from them, go to buylegion, B-U-Y legion.com and use code Annie to save 20% off your first order. If you already love Legion and you still want to support me, you can absolutely use code Annie to get double Legion reward points. Me Okay, so I have said many times before on other podcast episodes that I believe entrepreneurship is one of the most self-refining journeys that you can go on as an individual human. Thus, it is full of opportunities to learn to fail, and that means that there are a lot of lessons along the way. I do not claim to know it all. Absolutely not. Um, Half of the time, I don't even feel like I am a real entrepreneur. Like when I say CEO, I'm like, but I'm not, though. Like I'm not. So, definitely something that I still struggle with. I will be in the trenches of entrepreneurship as long as I own a business. But I figure that I have learned enough over the last five to seven years that it is probably of use to you on some level. So, it's worth sharing. Some of these. Tips or lessons that I share with you are going to sound very cliche. So, try not to roll your eyeballs too far back in your head. Even if they are cliche, they are true nonetheless, and that is why I am sharing them with you. In the first one, which is not really a lesson necessarily, uh, more of a topic, is fear of failure and fear of success, because typically those tend to go hand in hand, and I've talked about that on other episodes as well. But I have personally been afraid of success and failure many, many times in my life throughout different seasons in different areas, whether it was sports, um, relationships. It wasn't until I became an entrepreneur that I was truly forced to face both of these things, fear of failure and fear of success. I know that you have probably heard people say that the faster that you can accept failure as a part of the process, the more progress that you will make in regards to anything, even outside of entrepreneurship. People say that because it is true. Successful people say that because it is true. There is always going to be something to be afraid of when you are growing. That is something you can absolutely count on, which is also why comfort zones are often bordered by fear. So if you think of an actual comfort zone as a zone, I see fear as kind of the wall that is around that comfort zone. Or if it's a a ball, right, a 360 sphere, then inside that sphere is the comfort zone and the border of that is fear. However you want to visually picture it, fear is what borders a comfort zone, which makes sense because fear and comfort Typically, do not go together. The fact is that your biggest fears are number one, probably not that realistic and not that big when you truly think about how you would come back or out of that fear if you were to truly face it or walk through it or walk with it or whatever makes sense for your situation. That's one of my absolute favorite lessons that I got from the book, The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferris, is that idea of really identifying why you aren't doing something, what the biggest fear is, and how you might come back from that fear. So I definitely suggest reading that book if you have not. Now I will ask you what you are ultimately afraid of and to Like Tim Ferriss says to do in the four hour work week, excuse me, look at the opposite. What if it does work out? What if the worst case scenario doesn't actually happen? Would it be worth it then to go for the thing? In this case, something to do with your business and entrepreneurship. Again, there is... Always going to be something to be afraid of. So, even if you move past one fear, you can expect that there is going to be another speed bump, hiccup, some kind of fear when you, you know, level up to the next level. And you won't necessarily get less afraid of certain things, but you will absolutely learn to trust yourself and your abilities the more that you take what you consider to be scary steps. And that as with entrepreneurship oftentimes, applies to other things outside of entrepreneurship as well. So whatever that is for you right now in your state of entrepreneurship, I just really encourage you to push forward with the fear and see what happens. See if the worst case scenario does happen. And if it's that bad, it probably wouldn't be. It can be something as small as, you know, talking face to camera in your Instagram stories or starting a podcast where, or reaching out um, to network with someone in your field. If you feel entrepreneurship can be very lonely, and when we have other people to talk to who are in the same season as us, that can take a lot of the weight of entrepreneurship off. Just to hear somebody else say, yep, me too, or I'm experiencing that too, or just to listen to your your woes of entrepreneurship or your your celebrations of entrepreneurship, because oftentimes it can be very difficult to... Have someone understand the weight of successes in entrepreneurship when you have truly built something from the ground up. Not a lot of people can understand that. And so, when someone does, that's a big deal. So, that's just to say that reaching out to somebody to network might result in rejection of some kind, but it's probably worth reaching out to see if someone does want to be a friend or someone does want to walk with you through entrepreneurship. Fear will continue to be a barrier if you let it. You can also count on that in any situation. And I'm not by any means saying that this is easy, but it does tend to kind of be a matter of fact. You can let fear continue to be a barrier, or you can acknowledge the fear and say, this is going to be scary, but I'm going to do it anyway because I think the positive is worth is worth more than the possible negative. So that is my little tidbit on fear of failure mainly. Number two is to keep your blinders on. If, I mean, I, I want to scream a lot of things from the trenches with a megaphone, this is among those things. Beyond fear of failure and fear of success, entrepreneurship will also rear the very, very ugly and common head of comparison. Especially, I believe, in the online space, because it's so, 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 so easy for all of us to think that Everyone else is running a seamless business with full client rosters and doing it with ease. But I promise you (laughs) that that is not the case. And even if it was the case, right? Even if it was true, the fact still remains that you comparing your journey or me comparing my journey to someone else's is not likely going to serve you in your process as an entrepreneur. Or as a human being, I am a hundred percent. And I even encourage my Fitzbros and my one on one business clients to look to people that you aspire to be like people who maybe you want to emulate the way that they run their business or people who align with your philosophy. I absolutely love all of that. I encourage people to follow entrepreneurs from other fields. Like, I really enjoy following entrepreneurs in fashion and design and blogging and things that that I don't necessarily do but I enjoy watching their journey and I enjoy the way they run their business. So I am all for that and I didn't really figure out what I wanted to do with my business for the first two and a half years. I want that to sink in. I did have a successful one-on-one business In the first two and a half years, but I did not figure out the bigger picture and the direction that I wanted to go and really who I was speaking to my ideal, ideal client for two and a half years, because I did not see that what I wanted to do was even an option in the online space. And that is, I think, in large part why I am very much so for people looking at and taking in information from people they look up to in one way, shape, or form. Because I think it's it's a form of representation with what it is you want to do with your business and the direction that you want to go. But that is, of course, different than comparison. Comparison is going to happen. It's silly in my mind to think that it's not. One way, though, that we can Minimize it is to attempt to keep our blinders on. And I please don't think I'm past this. I have to do this myself. I was in a little comparison trap this morning. I shouldn't call it a trap. It was very small, but the feeling of comparison came up looking at someone else that is not even in my field, but that has a very successful business and wondering, you know, do I need to do X? Do I need to do what they're doing? it's normal. Please don't think that that will ever go away. We just hopefully learn to navigate that better. More often than not, in in my experience anyway, I think we tend to let our gaze veer right and left when we lack clarity and focus in what it is that we are doing within our own business. If we are in kind of a season of tension or a lack of clarity, it's very easy to start questioning our business, our choices, what we're doing, if we're behind, if we're doing it right, all of these things start to creep in. When I am most focused on my work, on my clients, and growing my business, and I have clarity in the direction that I am going, I am the least distracted or even interested in what anyone else is doing. And I think that that's that's common, right? It makes sense, logically. And in fact, for that reason, I know that myself and other colleagues that I've spoken to have actually muted friends and colleagues on social media because it's just not helpful in all seasons to be seeing what other people are doing. It can be a distraction that can lead to comparison and it's just not necessary. It's something we have control over. And to be clear, that is 0% a them Thing. It's not something they're doing wrong. It is 100% a me thing, which is also why I am not at all offended if someone needs to mute or even unfollow me and my content for a period of time. People have their reasons, and I absolutely understand that, even if it's forever. We have to protect our headspace in general, especially in the realm of entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship is vulnerable or it can be and feel very vulnerable. And so don't make the mistake of not controlling things that are fully within your control. Whatever needs to happen for you to put on your imaginary blinders, I encourage you to do that. I would start wherever it is that you tend to compare. For me, that's definitely social media. I think it's easy to look at Instagram. Um, That is where I tend to put out and also consume most content. And if that happens to be true for you as well, maybe explore some boundaries that you can put in place about consumption. But regardless of where someone else is in their journey, that has no bearing on where you are in your journey. And that's just going to breed a woe is me state of mind and keep you stuck rather than looking for solutions and clarity that you really need within your business. And I am sure that you will start to see your own kind of cycles of comparison that happen the further along you get in business. And hopefully that will help you mitigate some of those things. All right, let's move on to number three, which is seeing platforms as employees. This really applies to somebody very early in their business. That is, you know, thinking about paying hundred dollars a month for something when you're just starting out can be a massive mental battle. That feels like a very large investment when you're starting out, or it did for me anyway. So paying for a website platform or a programming and training platform, these things can feel very stressful. And so I want to offer maybe a mindset shift that could be helpful again, for I would think someone maybe earlier in entrepreneurship, but also if you're five years in and you are looking to make some sort of investment or pay for a platform that's going to help you automate something, this still applies to you. I remember when I had $300 in my business bank account and I was debating whether or not to pay for a certain platform. And for me, it came down to thinking of that platform as kind of my first employee. It was working for me so that I could spend time doing something else so that I could work on generating more revenue. It's kind of that first step of automation, even if it's not actual automation. It's the first step in creating more space for you to work on your business, a different area of your business. And with anything, I always like to look at the alternative situation. So if you don't pay for this thing, whatever it is, what is the plan? What is the alternative? And how long is that plan going to be sustainable and allow for your business to grow as well? at some point we hit ceilings and we have to oftentimes either get rid of something or pay for something to create more space in our business. The other thing is typically you can cancel those, any of these platforms, right? You're normally paying monthly. So unless you pay annually and like lock yourself in for a year, you can always try it out and decide to cut that cost if you absolutely need to, and you decide that it's not worth it. So you're not necessarily locked in. I think it's worth giving it a go and seeing how it works out. Next up is client retention and circulation or recirculation, if you will. There seem to be two main concerns in my book in the early stages of business as an online coach specifically, and these two things are getting clients in the door and then More importantly, in my opinion, is keeping those clients in your client pool in some way, shape, or form. Ideally, this is a continual process. You have some kind of system that is acquiring new clients or getting people to fill out the application to work with you, whatever makes sense for your business. And you have a foolproof offer that keeps people re-enrolling or they're becoming a part of an alumni program if people graduate out of your offer. Again, that's not a one-size-fits-all, but ideally people are paying you and continuing to pay you in some way, shape, or form. Regardless if you want clients to re-enroll in the same program or not, eventually I want people to think about, I want entrepreneurs to think about the fact that it is easier to sell to current customers, to people who have already invested with you, than it is to acquire new customers. Now, new client acquisition is Likely always going to be needed. So that's not off the table. But if possible, once you have multiple offers, it is very important, I think, to think about how you're going to keep current clients purchasing multiple offers from you or different tiers of one offer from you. This is something that happens organically, or it happened organically for me. So that's kind of how I think about it. The more that you work with your clients, The more gaps you're going to see, the more common threads you're going to see, the more needs of your ideal client you're going to see at different stages of their journeys. And that is where your different offerings are going to come from if you plan to have different offerings within your offer suite. You can look at my business as an example. I might have two different kind of sides of my business in fitness and in business, but there is mass, mass, mass overlap between those two sides of my business, because a lot of my clients, my fitness clients, um, also happen to be or work in the health and fitness industry. So many of the people inside Say Built by Annie have also purchased Fitzpro Foundations. Many people inside Fitzpro Foundations have also purchased pure programming from me. And I didn't necessarily plan that from the beginning. So also, please don't think that you have to have this like master plan of eight different offers and how people are going to move throughout those. I'm just saying if you're going to move beyond, say, a one-on-one offer, Offer, make sure that it is for someone, it is for an ideal client at a different stage of their journey, or consider that how that's possible for you and your audience. And that's also why I am huge, 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 huge um, to the point that, you know, some business coaches might be like, well, that's not that important. But I believe that it is so important to know, understand, and interact with your ideal client into refine that as you grow in business because it really does shape all of the content you create and who you are attracting into your audience and who eventually is going to purchase from you and that's going to drive what offers you ultimately create for those people. So again, this only applies if you're going to have multiple offers in your business, but definitely something to keep in mind if you do plan to expand your offer suite beyond maybe one-on-one coaching or just one offer in general, even if it's a course or something other than one-on-one coaching. Okay, so I could share like 17 different things with you that I want all entrepreneurs to know, but I am going to end with this one for today which again is very simple, it's very cliche, but it is very true, and that is to keep going. Please refrain. Refrain from rolling your eyeballs so far back in your head, they do not return to the front of your head, because it is so simple, but it is so true, and maybe this becomes a mantra for you. I know that it has for a lot of my Fitzbros. I seriously think from the bottom of my freaking heart and the depths of my soul that those who find success in entrepreneurship or really in anything, anything that is is difficult, is trying, requires you to grind, are those people who are willing to just keep going one step at a time on a daily basis consistently. I have been now in 2022 in the online space for nearly seven years, which is crazy to think about. And I have observed many other entrepreneurs outside of myself. In the common theme, I see people who just kept going. They're the ones who are successful. And they didn't only keep going, but they were consistent. And they were constantly learning and adapting. And they were constantly creating and refining in their process. That's also why I say that if you don't love actually being an entrepreneur, I think that, which this makes sense, this is not like shaming anyone, I think that it will be very difficult to stick with it because it's not a fun, sparkly, butterfly and rainbow process. (laughs) It requires you to be resilient, uh, somewhat tough-skinned, and also care about the process and be willing to learn 17 different jobs that you never thought that you were going to likely have to learn, especially in the online space. So if you do believe that entrepreneurship and working for yourself is ultimately what you want to do, then I encourage you to commit to the process, the long-term process of learning your message, of honing in on your philosophy, learning all of those things that, like I said, you never thought you were going to have to learn. You will be the social media manager, the the email marketer, the customer service rep, the coach, the web designer, among a million other things, but hopefully for only a few years, if not only one year, before you are able to ask for help in some way, shape, or form within your business. And it is 500% worth it, in my opinion. You will learn so much about yourself and what you are capable of through entrepreneurship if you allow it to be a refining Process. So I will invite you one more time to my free workshop if you haven't taken it. Your Biz Your Way, Three Steps to Build a Profitable Online Health and Fitness Business. You can find that at anniemiller.co/slash workshop-dash register. Real simple. Finally, if you loved this episode, if you find value here on the Fitzpro podcast, first off, thank you. That brings me joy that I'm not just talking to a brick wall over here by myself. But head over to Apple Podcasts and I believe spotify give the show five stars leave a written review if you are feeling extra kind it is much appreciated if you have not checked out my mailing list options i send out a daily dose which is a daily email i've done it for almost two years now as well as annie's weekly wisdom and both of those can be found at anniemiller.co slash news until next time i am annie miller and thank you so much for tuning into the fitzpro podcast